Neighbors Church podcast in this unique session that we've set up as a follow-up to this past week's teaching. We have launched into an eight-week series alongside Park Hill Church, our Ascending Church, and uh, Light Church up in Encinitas with Benji, entitled Future Church. And that is actually done in collaboration with a couple other churches along the West Coast and in the East Coast, and uh, a bunch of churches from actually all around the world, eventually, where we are exploring the um, eight unique challenges that we face uh, as Christians, as followers of Jesus in the late modern West, as sociologists call us now. And of course, those challenges aren't exhaustive, but these are some of the highlighted pressure points that we feel as the people of God. And with each successive challenge, we are laying out a a practice from Christian antiquity, from our history, that counterforms us, that shapes us in the image of Jesus, makes us more fully human in and of ourselves, and uh, weaves the contours of the kingdom into our lives personally, into our families, into our church community, and the prayer is eventually into the city, thus our mission being fulfilled, bringing heaven into San Diego uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Something like that, close enough. (laughs) In San Diego, as it is in heaven. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) And And every city. And And every every city. That's right, everywhere. But especially San Diego. (laughs) So we have some special uh, guests with us today because we're going to be talking about Sabbath. We opted to start this series with Sabbath um, primarily because I've been doing a lot of thinking and reading in the Eastern Orthodox world, and they actually view Sabbath as the foundation of human relationship with God. Uh, rest and Adam's first day of existence was an immersion into Shabbat, into ceasing, into resting as God had ceased from all of his work. So if you didn't catch the teaching from this last week, please go back and listen to that. We wanted to do some concrete brass tacks how to follow up conversation with the practice of Sabbath. And so we have uh, special guests with us today that have been practicing Sabbath for a while. We have Shua Randall. What up? Yes, the intergalactic (laughs) space universal Puba leader of worship and song. He's added intergalactic empire. He just, added Poobah to it. Yeah, and just an all-around um, generally, just a generally absolutely incredible human. One of my favorite humans in the whole world. Yes. And so Shua, uh, we wanted Shua to speak into this because um, they're at a new stage of the game. Baby Moses, baby Moses <laughs> has arrived and um, the round of family has uh Learn to live without sleep and the interruptions. We are wiping butt all of the time. <laughs> so we wanted to we wanted to invite Shu into this to talk with us. Like, what is it like practicing Sabbath with a brand new baby? Constant disruptions. You're more disoriented than ever. And then one of uh, my dearest sisters in the Lord, Sarah Shreves. Yes, Sarah. Sarah uh, if you if you dig our Instagram, like we've gotten so many beautiful comments about our our Instagram, Sarah and Kate. But Sarah is that she's the image genius behind uh, our Instagram feed and the art that when you look at neighbors and you think, what does neighbors look like? Uh, that is these two women. And Sarah is the photographer and the the artiste extraordinaire <laughs> who has brought her uh, her vision to our community. And I, I think it's just absolutely phenomenal and so fitting. Sarah is here because um, I would say of all the people that call neighbors church home, 
Sarah has a rhythm of Sabbath that is um, committed, it is practiced. She's been operating in the world of Christian Sabbath for quite some time. Her group that she leads, her and Katie lead, uh, is actually organized around a Shabbat dinner on a Friday evening that leads them into Sabbath. And Sarah is single as well. And so another very important facet of the Christian family is is our, our singles, our brothers and sisters that don't have family, are not in a family biologically right now. Uh, and so we wanted you to be speaking into this. So that's the big, broad overview. We've got a series of questions that we're going to work through. Yeah, I think um, it's important to, as we start talking about just brass tacks, how we each practice Sabbath, um, just to have a little, a, a guide, some lanes for us to run in today um, with this conversation. And so I think it's important to cover how um, we all practice Sabbath. So what practically does our Sabbath look like? Um, what are some of the key rhythms that we have Im- implemented um, during our Sabbath? Um, also talking about some of the challenges we face. I know Dan and I have some specific things that we face nearly every Friday night that we learn to recognize and have to pray through. And then I would also um, think it'd be cool just to for each of us to give like a point, like a, a point of encouragement or a coaching point um, that we can share, um, keeping in mind that we have, you know, families with little kids, we have newly married, we have uh, college students who are wanting to practice Sabbath, we have empty nesters. And so um, if we can take that into perspective and just, and coach on here is practical tools for implementing Sabbath. Um, That'd be awesome. So Sarah, I would actually love to start with you. What does your Sabbath look like? Oh my gosh, I love talking about Sabbath. <laughs> I was so excited. Um, it at one point was a challenge, and now it feels like it's much more. How long have you been practicing, Sarah? Maybe like ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take 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 comfort, friend. This is a long journey. Yeah, so I started when I lived in Los Angeles, and I would have died probably if I had not created mm-hmm. this margin. And at that time. I, I had I had to do it on Tuesdays because I was working on the weekends. So Sunday, like Saturday, Sunday was just not an option. But now my Sabbath starts on the traditional Friday with some sort of shared meal, either with my community group or good friends or family. Um, some of them I am by myself, mm-hmm. but I'm not because I have the Trinity. So yes. there's already four of us there, <laughs> which is a party. Um, and then it moves into... Saturday. I just started uh, integrating the little spoonful of honey or like something sweet in the morning. Yeah. Mm, love that. I don't have any honey right now. So this last week I literally had like old, like not old, the hala from the night before. I was like, I'm going to eat that. And that's sweet. <laughs> so I find something sweet mm-hmm. uh, to remind myself the sweetness mm. of this day and the sweetness of God's presence. Honestly, I like just futz around. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of not having anything on the calendar. Mm -hmm. I might read, I might nap, I might, I might go to the beach, I might go on a bike ride, I might connect with a friend. Very practically, I do try to power off my phone. Mm -hmm. So I am on airplane mode 
in an ideal situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm not religious about it because there's sometimes like a phone call that I want to make or someone I do want to connect with that is restful. So I, I'm not super legalistic about it. But the ideal situation is that I'm no tech, no laptop, no work. I also found out a few years ago that I could spend money that I don't have. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that I like will just shop. Like yeah. I'm like let's just shop. Consumerism, and so, yeah. Yeah, so one of my practices is that I cannot spend like unnecessary money. Again, I'm not if I need food, like I'm mm-hmm. going to go to the restaurant and yeah. buy the meal or if I need to go buy something I will, but for me I've also realized it's a day that I take off from spending wow. money. Yeah. That's, yeah, that is so powerful because it's interesting to me because I've actually noticed on Sabbath, there is a temptation for covetousness. So I don't know if it's that sense of also having, because we've carved out time to say, this is going to be a space where we're not, um, I guess, consuming and that kind of thing, but in maybe a little bit of that feeling of idleness, I've noticed like, oh, I want to get on West Elm and like dream about the next furniture piece I want or whatever. And so I've noticed that um, a temptation during Sabbath is actually covetousness and starting to be like, well, I want that. And oh, they have that and and, uh, uh, greediness almost. So that is really powerful. It is. And I realize that that's where my mind, like that's part of my brokenness is like, I want more and I want to consume more. Mm -hmm. And so- Sabbath has become a day where I say, no, you don't actually need more. Yes. (laughs) So then the other days it's a little bit more helpful and I'm Mm -hmm. like mirroring to my nervous system, like you don't need more, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely, that's the challenging part. Like Mm -hmm. those practices that for me are not the, yeah, they're just challenging. Yeah. 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 It's asceticism. It's the removal of that, which we want to build our identity on for the sake of experiencing our deepest, deepest. I I have spent many a Saturday just staring at surfboards for (laughs) multitudes of hours and come away like I'm exhausted. (laughs) Sarah, I want to cap or maybe summarize so much of what you said. And I want to ask you one more question. Um, So you talked about barely being able to survive and Sabbath was implemented on a Tuesday. Have you experienced any, was there any difference from moving Tuesday to Friday? Or do you think that for your own experience, mm. not, not to tell anybody what day to do, we're, I think that the 24 hour period doesn't matter which day, but have you experienced a shift? How has that shift been from Tuesday to Saturday? I would say I was practicing it in isolation when I was doing it on the Tuesdays. Mm. And that was partly because it wasn't ingrained like in the community that I was a part of. I just knew that I needed to do that. And the church that I actually went to uh, was on Tuesday nights. So there was like this rhythm that I had with that community. So LA, Tuesday night church. (laughs) There was a Sunday service, but I didn't go to it because I was working usually. Uh, I honestly don't know if there's been a big difference other than entering with the Shabbat meal and entering the night before and doing that in community and, and knowing that that part of it, I'm like a part of this bigger vision and bigger community of saints 
throughout all the ages. This is what Jesus did. Like, that gets me excited. I'm like, Jesus did this. And now I get to do this with Jesus every week. Yeah, I think what I want to summarize from from your kind of practice and rhythm is that if you're new to Sabbath, this is a long journey. Um, a lot of us begin Sabbath because we're in a place of like utter desperation. Like our bodies are falling apart. Our minds are falling apart. And then begins for Sarah, the, the decade long maturing process, a shift of days. She's also very specifically implemented embodied practices that create a psychological and an emotional, and I would say even a physical response within the neural system, like our neurology runs on patterns and she has these embodied patterns. I love that you started doing the honey thing in the morning. Um, yeah. And so start small, start small. We'll get to this in the, in the coaching points, Joshua. I start out every Saturday morning by buying a pair of Nikes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, to remind myself that God, uh, just does it. Um, Uh, no, I <laughs> oh, man. have had a, a qu- quite a bit of a journey um, in starting Sabbath uh, on my own when I was single to now being a husband and a father of mm-hmm. several weeks only. Uh, I started too from a place of, oh, I'm exhausted. And what's this in the Bible here? What's this command mm-hmm. to stop, (laughs) literally stop for 24 hours. I think I'm going to finally obey that one. (laughs) Uh, and, and, and beginning to practice it and to say no, um, in in a lot of spaces where I was being told to say yes to pretty much everything in a culture that says move, do go grind. Yep. And, uh, then I started dating my, my, my wife, my now wife. And we would do that together. She'd come over on Saturday morning. You guys were Sabbathing when you were dating yes. together? That's wow. super cool. It was fun. Um, she would come over or I would go over there and we'd usually eat something together and open up the scripture. There was uh, times where she would like literally bake bread and we'd have bread and wine in the morning <laughs> and, and start our, our Saturday morning that way. I didn't do Friday into Saturday at the time, which we do now. Um, and it what was, did you, well, what did you do just out of curiosity? When, when I was, when, when I was single, I did much the same as when I was dating. She was just with me. Um, I would pretty much wake up Saturday and take the whole of Saturday, um, instead of starting at five and going until five on five on Friday and going to five on Saturday, I would wake up in the morning and, um, usually would go outside and I actually, at the time I lived overlooking the ocean, so I didn't usually pay attention to it the rest of the week, but I really wanted to attune myself to the present moment that I was in and just thanking God for the setting that I got to be in because it would remind me that his presence was with me. So I'd go to the top of the hill and I'd look over at the ocean and acknowledge the presence of God with me, take a deep breath. And it was Ocean Beach, so it didn't smell super great all the time. Nope. <laughs> but, but it, but it, you know, it was awesome. And uh, at a certain point, Alex would join me, and we'd eat something sweet together. So I would actually make like French toast, mm-hmm. which I still do now, actually. And we've that's been like the thing that we've consistently done. Um, and uh, we'd read scripture together and pray, and then usually we'd go for like a long drive, and uh, which you know. 
in, in Jewish tradition, you're not supposed to go very far, but uh, driving was actually a very calming and peaceful thing for us and for myself. That's, that's what I did to kind of get out of my head and out of and into whatever God was speaking to me. Now we have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's very different. In the past eight weeks, mm-hmm. I don't even think we got back into knowing what day it was mm-hmm. <laughs> until about f- six weeks in. We're like, oh, yeah, it's Saturday. You want to do you want to try on Sabbath? Oh. <laughs> and then uh, and so a couple of weeks ago, we finally did. And, and here's the difference. There's. There are no rules because there can't be a lot of rules this, mm-hmm. with, with such a small person. Um, the first time we, we went, uh, we went for a nice walk. It was mm. beautiful. We went over to Nomad. He fell asleep in a stroller. We sat down at this little restaurant. Uh, there was shade because it's really hot in San Diego right now. And uh, there's like the shade and it's kind of like a wind tunnel effect that was happening. So it was nice and breezy. And we sat there. We looked at each other from across the table and said a little prayer and ate a meal and then walked back home. And it was very peaceful mm-hmm. throughout the day. Um, engaging with one another, not like consuming too much media or whatever, but just enjoying each other's presence in the presence of God. He slept. So that was yeah. the awesome part of it. This past week, he didn't sleep at all. <laughs> so uh, the idea of stopping and not working just felt so foreign. It was yeah. like he's crying, he's, you know, pooping and peeing. And he was just like, You guys want Sabbath? Guess what? Not today. Um, sorry, God. Uh, that, that was Moses. <laughs> But at a certain point in, in some of the, the, uh, the torrent of, of crying and diapers and all that, I, I said, hey, let's just, this is still Sabbath. Why don't we just take a moment and pause? And uh, we, got a, we have this book called Every Moment Holy. It's a book of liturgies. And mm. we paused. And there's a liturgy in there for the changing of diapers. Yeah. And in order to attune ourselves with whatever God might be doing through us changing his diaper. <laughs> we read this slowly together and prayed a prayer. And um, it was that little simple thing that just reminded us, even in the specific season that we're in, that God is still with us. In, in the mundane movements that are, can even be required of us, because we can't just let him cry. We can't not feed him. We can't not wipe him. And so we invite God into that and try to live in that moment from a state of knowing that God has done the greatest work for us and we can live from a state of rest. We can change diapers from a state of rest. (laughs) That sounds hard even saying it, but we did that. And then we read, because there's two liturgies, we did it again right before bedtime, uh, a a liturgy for changing diapers part two. It was beautiful. This is amazing. What I hope you're picking up on is that in any given season, the practice of Sabbath is a posture of heart. And so there will always be multitudes of factors that um, want to take our idea of rest and ceasing and celebrating and delighting which is like this kind of mythic 
utopian existence where nothing is challenging, nothing is upsetting, nothing is wrong, nothing. Um, and, and instead it, it puts it into reality. Sabbath is a very earthy practice, friends. It's a very, it is, it is bringing heaven to earth, but there's a lot of dirt under the fingernails of Sabbath and poopy diapers and mental health issues that we carry right into Sabbath with us and sin and covetousness. And our father says, kiddo, I made this day for you to just be present with me in all of the mess too. You don't need to, you don't need to create this mythic Sabbath utopia. The idea is the practice itself is to to actually notice, whoa, there's really a lot of dirt under my fingernails. And that's that, uh, that in that moment, be loved in that. And like Shua just said, just in a subtle shift in the posture and in the perspective of heart, uh, I highly recommend picking up Every Moment Holy. Uh, there's diaper liturgies, there's making coffee liturgies. It's fantastic. Um, and so it's posture. One of the things that I love um, that's being highlighted here is there is um, a preparation that we can do for Sabbath, no matter what season of life we're in. So, you know, for Shu and Alexa, um, there's certain thought patterns, even for now, because their world is so ever-changing, because their baby is changing, um, there's still a preparation they can do for Sabbath and going into Sabbath. And that may be for them right now, their preparation is just managing their own expectations of what Sabbath is going to look like. Um, I remember for Dan and I, when we had little ones, we would kind of lay out a loose schedule for Sabbath before, um, before we'd enter into it. So preparation would look like, uh, using paper plates. So I know that is not eco-friendly, but for us, we were like, Hey, we want to use paper plates because, um, neither one of us want to spend the day washing dirty dishes all day that our kids are constantly grabbing and using. Um, another thing that we would do would be like, Hey, this Saturday, Dan, you get to sleep in. And then the next Saturday it'd be like, Alexis, you're going to sleep in because kids wake up super early. I feel like it was predominantly Lex, you sleep in on For Saturdays. sure, because I'm more of a sleep in person and Dan's <laughs> an early to rise person. So, but then it'd be like as well, like a nap. Okay, well you take a nap and I'll watch um, something with the kids. But Again, like for various seasons of life, we've gone into it with a different plan. And now our kids are teenagers and um, they sleep in till 11. And sometimes when I lie, I'm like, all right, one o'clock, that's enough, girl, (laughs) cutting it off. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But um, we are able now, we're like, okay, well, on Saturday morning, Dan and I are both up early. And so we use that as a time for he and I to connect and delight by going on a walk together and having coffee and having slow morning of reading um, whatever delights us and spending time in the scriptures. And so all that to say, with whatever season of life you're in, one of the things that I'm especially, I love to encourage people with, in fact, I just had a conversation this week, yesterday with um, a college, um, person. And she was asking me like, I really want to practice Sabbath, but I have three exams this week. Like, how do you do this? Because you're in school and you have a family and you're leading a church. So how do you manage it all? And one of the things that I like to encourage people do to do is, um, just have a, um, 
yeah, have a plan. And so sometimes, um, for me, at least for Dan and I, we will say, okay, we have our non-negotiables. Um, so Sabbath is a non-negotiable for us. Our community group is a non-negotiable, non-negotiable for us. Date night, Sunday gathering, like you have your life's non-negotiables that you're going to commit to throughout the week. And so for us, we starting with Sabbath, we're like, okay, this is our non-negotiable. And then kind of like a concentric circle, we move out from there. Okay, we've got these other things on our calendar that are non-negotiables. And then moving out from there, it's like, okay, I'm in school, that's a non-negotiable. So I'm going to block out study times um, that will be without distraction, putting my phone away so I know I'm giving my all into that moment. But you'd be surprised how much you can... Um, start and implement a Sabbath practice when you just say, okay, this is my non-negotiable and you build everything out from there. Mm -hmm. I think also there's almost like a tithing principle of time. So the only place where we're told to test God is in the book of Malachi. He says, give generously, test me in this and, and I'll cause the overflow to happen. And when you begin sacrificing that tithe, that generosity, you do see God provides. I have found, um, that when we, practice Sabbath. In other words, we sacrifice the time that we think we should be doing something. God is able almost supernaturally, this is going to sound so weird, almost miraculously to give us the capacity and the time and the the quickness and the, the intuitiveness to get done what needs to be done during the week. So we live in a culture where busyness is God and the tyranny of the urgent is the slave driver that drives us. Um, but when we, when we shift our perspective and we say, this is priority, well, Jesus would say, our father knows what we need. He knows that you need time to study. He knows that you need time to get your job done. He, and he knows that he created you to do that in six days. Um, I think Sabbath also, and I don't say this, when he, I say this to myself, therefore I'm being very gentle. Sabbath forces us to face the realities of our time management. And I know for me, if I'm hitting Friday night, still trying to cram the sermon, if I'm really honest with my week, I can see where I, my father gave me 30 minutes and I ended up YouTubing. (laughs) Uh, I can see where my father gave me 15 minutes and I decided to sit on the foam roller out in the gym for an extra 15 minutes, even though I really didn't need to do that. And so Sabbath is Sabbath sets up our lives with rest as a state of existence. Then it also helps us to see where what we're experiencing is the tyranny of the urgent and such a busyness. It it really does help us to get honest with the way that we are worshiping God in our work through the course of our week. So it's something for you to consider as you look through the challenges of, of, um, Sabbathing, time management is huge. This does raise a question that I think is very sensitive. We had somebody in Seattle actually tell us that the practice of Sabbath was primarily for those with privilege. Um, single mom working. She, it, she wasn't the one that said this, but this person did say this. Um, I don't have the privilege of not working for an entire day. I'm working multiple jobs right now just to try to stay afloat in an urban center. I think that's a real thing. How would you guys address the person who's like, oh yeah, I've got 
I'm a single mom. I'm just trying to get my kids through school. Where is hope for her or anyone else for that matter? I would say rest is your birthright. Like it isn't tied to your privilege or economic status. And I know for myself, there's been seasons where, yeah, like the money dries up and that doesn't mean I need to forsake my Sabbath to like work harder. Mm. It almost means I need to press into that rest more. But I'm also not a single mom, so I don't know that story specifically. But uh, yeah. I think that as well, um, that's when the, the flexibility of this practice comes into play. Uh, if we were very strict, you know, you'd have a Shabbat dinner, you'd go Friday into Saturday, a 24-hour period. But um, in the sort of openness and grace that is allowed in a, in a non-rigorous religious system that we have in the grace of Jesus, how does this work for you? Does it work in an, in an hour do you have community around you that could take your child for, not that that's going to be enough, but for any amount of time, someone mm-hmm. could come into your life and, mm-hmm. and watch your child for you. Do you trust them? The, um, and do you trust God to give you that, that space and time? Are you looking for it? Like, are, are you searching and seeking how to do Sabbath or have you written it off because you're looking at your life and how difficult it would be because everything else is difficult in your life? Yeah. You see the, how much you have to work and you say, this is impossible. But the God of miracles is inviting you into it. And so how and do you... And still commanded it. And, and he still commanded it. So how do, you, how do you do it? Not, I can't do this. It's how do I make this work? Um, and I don't, I, I don't say that from a place of privilege. I didn't, I didn't have any money when I started <laughs> practicing mm-hmm. uh, Sabbath. It was, I needed to work. There are points at which people were like, oh, come and do this like Saturday morning thing and you'll get a couple extra hours uh, that could have paid for uh, rent or a ring that I was saving up for or my car note or gas or whatever. And I said no, because I knew that I needed it for my soul to even be able to do any of that work that would make any sort of impact um, in the world. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you need this as much as you need a paycheck almost. I would also add to that, even just on a very pragmatic level, um, that if you if 24 hours feels next to impossible, one of the things I love to tell people is just start somewhere. Um, so maybe you're starting with, um, you know, okay, I'm going to set aside three hours and then you build to six hours and you are just slowly progressing. It's almost like what you would encourage someone with their giving practices. It's like, okay, yeah, you don't have to start at 10%. It's what is the posture of your heart in this and start, just start somewhere and see how God will meet you there. And then start adding to that and increasing that. Um, And before you know it, you'll have 24 hours and your whole life literally does change because of those 24 hours. Yeah, and one final thing on that. If we frame this up from the perspective of Yahweh the, uh, in the Old Testament, um, 
there are four categories of people that God is most concerned about. And they are invited into the Jewish community and their rhythms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the immigrant, um, the, uh, the orphan, the impoverished, and the widow. Yeah. And so those that seem to have the least, our father is saying, for you, I made Sabbath. And so that is, that is an act of such deep faith that is a rebuke to the wisdom and the busyness of what our society calls richness and success. And so uh, I think we have a lot to learn from our single mamas that are working a couple jobs and, and still settling in either with their babies or Shua, I think you nailed it. Sabbath actually in the Jewish traditions is deeply rooted in community and community should be coming around those that need it the most to help them with their Sabbath practices. Uh, so that's just something for you to pray through and something for you to consider. I love that you brought up community because that was one of my next points was I hear different people have um, different ideas on how they practice their Sabbath. Should it be with people? Should it not be with people? Also, I would say what heavily weighs into that is an introverted personality versus an extroverted personality. And so um, you just told me this past week of the, was it a Jewish rabbi who mm. who said that really Sabbath can't be separate from community? Yeah. I might be yeah, I was slaughtering listening. that. He, well... The, the summary statement was, if Sabbath is celebration, celebration can't be had without other people to celebrate with. Right. Um, which this has been a very long journey for me. Mm-hmm. Most of you know this, that know me, and those of you that listen that don't know me, I'm an introvert of introverts. And for, for 15 years, I was desperate to be alone mm-hmm. on Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Well, only my family. And of recent, I have discovered... Um, there is a community of people that are neighbors and close friends, um, neighbors, community people, where it's like doing Sabbath with them has been a growing experience for me. Uh, but I'm an infant in mm-hmm. that, so I'm the least qualified to talk on this. Well, all of that to say, I think, again, it's it's coming back to that place of um, receiving and like what delights our heart. And again, not having like these rules and laws on, on Sabbath. Um, but I am curious for you, Sarah and Shua, um, with your Sabbath, do you, I mean, Sarah, you do your Shabbat dinner and you even talked about, um, you know, sometimes you're alone on Saturday, sometimes you're not, um, is your inclination more towards, hey, let's do this celebration, let's all be together? Or what does that look like for you with implementing community and, and how um, how is community implemented into your Sabbath practice? Yeah, this is a great, great question and probably a pain point for me too mm-hmm. because I did do this practice quite alone mm-hmm. for many years. Mm-hmm. I, my community was somewhat a part of it and then I tried to introduce it to some of my family members and they were (laughs) really weirded out that this was a Jewish practice and Mm -hmm. just were not open. Thankfully, my parents during the pandemic really Mm. embraced it with me. Um, So that was such a sweet season. Now I've gotten to the place where, yeah, I am wanting to Sabbath in community But yeah, you definitely, like, you can't do that with everyone. Like, there's some people that are not energizing or can be very draining. So 
I feel like I'm still kind of feeling that out, but definitely as a single woman, there have been some Saturdays where I wake up very lonely. And I was sharing a few months ago, like the desire to have this be a shared space with family and a, and a mate and a partner like that is very real for me too, because I feel that this is not just for me, like to be alone. Right. (laughs) This isn't just for solitude and I love solitude, but it gets to a point where that's not what Sabbath is actually about. Yeah. It's the process and it's a, there's always a maturing point in any pain point in these practices. The, the, the misnomer in kind of the practices, spiritual formation thing that's in the church right now is we think of it as like a, we good American Western Christians, we think of it as like three steps to arriving. It's not. And so the practice of Sabbath as an introvert or the practice of Sabbath as a single, I need to practice the discipline of being in community as an introvert, which drains me even with, even with, I love you, mm-hmm. but even certain days with my wife, I'm just, I just need, yeah. I need 11,000 feet in the Sierras and a jug of water mm-hmm. and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And so the practice moves us forward in process. We always uh, laugh at Dan on Sabbath because he kind of gets like a little bit like uh, a baby who's like winding up, kind of getting fussy. And he's like, what are we going to do? And like, let's go work out. Let's go do this. Let's go do this. And we're all kind of like, okay, well, we don't know if we want to do that. And then within like a minute of him, like winding up, all of a sudden he's on the couch and he's sound asleep. (laughs) (laughs) That has become my Sabbath routine. (laughs) It has. So we're like, oh, he's winding up. He's winding up. Nap time's coming. Nap time's coming. I think that that actually, there, there is a challenge. I've noticed a challenge in these, these years of practicing Sabbath and it's an emotional challenge. Um, because I have been, and we have been so regimented in Sabbath practice, if anything messes it up, I tailspin because it's like my, I have vested so much in this, this particular day, this 24 hour period that if anything messes it up, let's say maybe there's a little, little marital tiff, Mm -hmm. uh, on Friday evening, or, um, there was something that I was expecting to happen, like, something with the kids and then that doesn't happen. It doesn't go that way. And I end up having to drive one of the kids somewhere mm-hmm. in my world can unravel. And the father is inviting me in those moments, kind of like with Shua and the baby and the diapers to really, what is, what is this practice of rest as a place of existence right now in my father with everything being in turmoil? Mm-hmm. So process, 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 process. It's, it's so cliche, but it's true. It's more about the journey than it is the arrival. Don't ever approach Sabbath as this is going to be my three steps to arriving and living a life of perfect peace. You'll be sorely disappointed emotionally, relationally, sometimes physically, um, if that's your approach. Mm-hmm. So I think I, it'd be good to close here maybe with just like each one of us do a quick like one point of if I could recommend one thing to you for practicing Sabbath, here's what it'd be. But before we do that, uh, Bridgetown actually had, um, Bridgetown Church had a great resource on Sabbath and I wanted to just lift, list off a few activities that they recommend um, that mark the Sabbath practice. And it could be something that you hear where you're like, hey, I want to start implementing that. So 
They recommend lighting candles, just that simple act of lighting a candle, maybe in the morning while you're reading, um, just marking that moment of the start of Sabbath or like to Sarah's point, having a teaspoon of honey, Um, blessing your children. So those of you who have kids, maybe that act of blessing your kids might be just as much needed in your own heart as that blessing is over them to remember that our kids are part of our Sabbath and the expectations we might have for Sabbath might go a little differently and that's okay. Um, Eating a meal, um, like Sarah, she starts with uh, the Shabbat dinner. Shu and Alexa have French toast. We always do brunch at 11 a.m. on on Saturdays. Singing, uh, I've created a Sabbath playlist um, that we love to listen to on Saturday mornings. Um, Maybe you're a musician and you just wanna sit and play Beethoven on your piano or whatever, but music is powerful. Uh, worship um, with your community. So maybe you're with friends. You guys can worship together, pray together, taking walks, napping, making love if you're married, um, reading a good book. (laughs) That's a good one. That's a great one. I love that one. (laughs) Um, Reading a good book. Just got super awkward in the room, but it's fine. Let's keep moving Um, forward. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Spending alone time with God. So, you know, maybe if you are... um, you know, with people on Sabbath, just saying, hey, let's order it to where we can have each have some time where we get to have alone space as well. Um, literally just taking moments of expressing gratitude. Didn't you used to call that the hour of power? Yes, when the kids we used were to call it hop, the hour of power. Um, so those are just some activities you can do, but um, find some of your own and just start implementing it. Uh, Sarah, one final recommendation just for the person who's just getting going at Sabbath. Mm. I feel like it's more a question to Mm -hmm. ask yourself like during the day, like once you have done your preparation, I love, I love that. Mm -hmm. Uh, like anything that we care about, we are intentional about it. Mm -hmm. The question that I've been thinking and has been on the forefront of my mind and heart and soul in Sabbath is, is how can I be more present Mm -hmm. and how can this be more pleasurable? Mm -hmm. Like what brings this, like what brings me pleasure? Mm -hmm. What is that? Mm -hmm. And I think especially as Christians, we're so afraid of like the pleasurable Mm -hmm. or we just deny ourselves Mm -hmm. for this, these, I don't know, these false senses. And so, yeah. Even when I'm doing the dishes or I'm folding my laundry or like whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing that day that maybe feels like a chore, how, how, do, how can I bring more presence to this mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. can I make this more enjoyable? I love that. That's so that good. maybe the question, yeah, I would, yeah, press into that. Mm-hmm. What about you, Shua? Uh, one thing that's kind of like two things. Be patient with yourself mm-hmm. and do not give up. The temptation to give up will come a lot. And it won't be like, oh, I give up. It'll become a complacency that that will start to sneak in because for us, for whatever reason, it is easier to work or to numb ourselves than to be intentional with Sabbath. Mm. Be patient with yourself, with your uh, little coping mechanisms, with your tendency to like pick up your phone and just like, uh, like just dull out. Mm-hmm. Be patient with uh, you, you being frustrated that it's not going the right way. And, and do not give up. Do this again and again and again and again, not until it becomes easy, but just 
keep on doing it. Yeah. This is not a, this is not a, I've gone from point A to point Z and I have arrived. This is life. Yep. Yep. And life is not often a, a finish line. It's just, it's life. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Dan? Why don't you go? Okay. You want me to go? Um, I'll go. I would say plan and persist. Like I said, make a plan and to Shua's point, persist. Just keep at it. Um, strive, like you said um, on Sunday, that word strive, like literally put mental effort into entering into rest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine is uh, as well a little bit more abstract. It's a posture change. I would really encourage you to think of whatever day you choose to Sabbath, if it's like a Tuesday, if that's where it works, or if for us it's Saturday, reframe it in your mind as the beginning of your week. Try as best you can, and it's so foreign. I mean, we literally call it the week end. Um, but if you can think of Sabbath as the very beginning of your week, if that's a Tuesday, if that's a Thursday, if that's a Saturday, what that does is it creates a posture or a foundation through which you will live that week. And you will, um, it, it will be the foundation of the way that you approach that week versus just trying to make it to your Sabbath day and collapse. Now, that is a real battle. That I mean, I virtually every Friday night, I'm by Friday morning, I'm like, please God, just let me make it to tonight. I'm trying to cram whatever work I'm trying to get in because I've wasted time or whatever. Um, but the more consistently I approach Friday as, oh, the sun goes down. This is the beginning of my new week. What's in store for me this week, Father? Out of rest. What work do you have in store for me this week from rest? What discoveries am I going to make this week from this place of seeing the dirt under my fingernails? Um, it just, it's, it is, Sabbath has radically, radically changed the way that I live my life. So there, there are so many questions, so many challenges, so many nuances that need to be discussed. Sabbath is a, it is a core practice at neighbors within our community. It is something that will be interwoven into our community life, our teachings. Uh, we want to actually establish a, a general rule of life where all of our communities, it's, it's a wondrous thing to recognize that all of us are living in these rhythms together and exploring these rhythms together as we move forward in life until Jesus comes. And so we really encourage you, um, engage with this practice. Urgently put as much effort into preparing and practicing Sabbath that you might know the deep rest and the love of Jesus until he returns. Shalom, friends. Peace. Shalom.